This podcast is brought to you by the Caesar Encyclopedia, which is my own weekly email newsletter. It's the place where I share all the cool things that I've learned throughout my week with my friends around the world. I share the books, podcasts, and interesting people I find that help me enjoy life more. And as I travel the world, I also share my favorite adventure spots, the restaurants that blow my mind, and how my view of the world has changed that week. The newsletter is completely free. It comes out only once a week, and it's only available for those who sign up by email. You can sign up using the link in this episode's show notes or by using the link in my Instagram bio. Let's get learning. Welcome to the Dose of Caesar, the podcast that runs experiments, explores new ways of thinking, and talks to the most interesting people that I've met in my life. Um, Today, we've got a very special guest. But before we do that, we have an ad here. And uh, this episode is brought to you by Boba Fit and their delicious and nutritious milk tea proteins, including their brown sugar black tea protein. Boba Fit is delivering the best milk tea protein on the planet with all the flavor and none of the guilt. Their low carb protein is perfect for all athletes. And Boba Fit is more than just a protein company. Their mission is to empower Asian Americans to live healthier lives through products that celebrate Asian culture. That's right. They're awesome. They're such a badass company that right now, just for Dose of Caesar listeners, Boba Fit is giving you 20% off your first order when you use the promo code DOSE. Simply visit Boba Fit, Boba.fit, that's B-O-B-A dot F-I-T, to get your delicious milk tea protein today. Just kidding. That's that's actually a fake ad. But I, uh, <laughs> I like fake ads. And if you're a uh, listener of this podcast, you'll remember that I used to do fake ads. And, and I would say this, this episode is not brought to you by then the company. But today, my guest is a good friend of mine, Ling Yu Kong, who is an entrepreneur and happens to be the founder of Boba Fit a protein company that is empowering Asian Americans to live healthier lives through products and media, celebrating both Asian culture and people. He is also the host of the Creators Network podcast. Ling Yu happens to be my old roommate who I lived with in Beijing, China for a month. Ling Yu, welcome to the show, bro. Dude, thanks for having me, Caesar. That fake ad and the intro put a smile on my face for sure. <laughs> Did not see it coming, but you know what? I'm in a way better mood because of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, I told you not to freak out on me like at the beginning because I, I knew I had thrown in the 20% off and I, I didn't want you to feel like obligated. It was just, I just really wanted to make, make it a, fa- a fake ad and that was super fun. Oh, um, dude, I like it. I like it. I'm a big fan. You just... Jump in, uh, jump in the surprise on me. Is this what the rest of the podcast is going to be like? Because, man, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the podcast, bro. Like, I've got, it's kind of a, I, it's just a conversation, but we get yeah. a lot of valuable, valuable uh, lessons out of it. And awesome. Uh, I was going to begin with, uh, what, how would you, how would you describe or summarize your, study abroad experience in Beijing, China, the one where we would live together for a month. When people ask you, what was it like to live in China? What do you, what do you say? That was a hell of an experience. It was, I found it especially, I found it very special for me for two reasons. One was I got to go back to the country that I'm from and reconnect with my roots in a way I hadn't done since I had moved to the U.S. back when I was two and a half years old. It was so nice to see other people like me everywhere because Mm. Asians are generally a minority here in the U.S. And in New York City, where I grew up, there were quite a few Asians, but a lot of my classmates were still, you know, white. There were a few Hispanic and Latino and Black people as well. But you know, mostly white. The second part of that trip, which I really enjoyed was there were so many people that I would not have met otherwise at UT that were on that trip. Uh, the class was taught by, the study abroad was taught by Dr. Leonard Moore, who I know you had as a guest earlier in this podcast. And Dr. Liu too. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Both awesome people. I haven't talked to them in a long time, but 
they made they created such a wonderful experience on that trip where everyone felt very safe to interact with each other and be genuine with themselves and with other people, especially in a new country, someplace that, you know, most people felt very out of place. Mm -hmm. He did a great job of creating that environment where everyone was having a good time and exploring everything. So was super thankful for the entire experience what did you uh, what did you learn like you said it was you know it was interesting for you because you were exploring the the country where you were did you were you born in china or was it just yeah. you were i was actually born in beijing so oh wow the city that we went that we were in for you know a month and a half how long was how long were we there it was, it was just a remember? month it was a month, but everybody it did was like a long an, month. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a, an action packed month. Um, yeah. But it's uh, crazy thinking about how much stuff we did while we were there. And uh, it's not the type of experience you'd have unless you're with other college students, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, traveling yeah. and living in a place for a month with your family is way different from mm. being there with other young people who are always interested in what's going on and discovering new things about a culture. It made for, you know, that really wonderful community experience where everyone is always chasing after the next interesting thing. I remember there were groups that would break off from the main group yeah. and go on a day trip to some market out in, <laughs> I don't even know where, and other people would take a trip to the forbidden palace or a museum or something along those lines. So yeah, there were a lot was, of interest there. That was like a, so dope how this is one of the things that i'm so grateful that i experienced through these um those particularly particularly those study abroad with dr moore he created mm -hmm. like these communities of people i mean any may master you go on you go on with like 30 60 70 students and you all live right. together but you have so much autonomy like you're like all right be in class and then be at these activities other than that just don't die <laughs> <laughs> it's like how i wish college actually were as opposed yeah. to you know what it actually is you don't have that much freedom and unless you're doing a study abroad mm. but what do you mean by that like in in college because i mean other than i guess because we had way more time right because we were only taking one class like is that what you mean that uh that we had so much freedom to explore partially i also think that traveling to a new place always remove some of those limiters or societal expectations that you have compared to where you grew up or what you're used to, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people feel liberated when they go to a different country because coming in with that beginner mindset of, I have no idea what this place is like or what these people are like yeah. and what the culture expects of them. It, it can be a positive or a negative depending on you know how wild you get and how how you act it could be against what people expect and what people are willing to allow something along those lines oh, okay. whatever yeah. Yeah, yeah um like like yeah like what they're willing to tolerate hmm. um but for but a lot of times this removing the societal limitations will just lead to more freedom and a lot more happiness. I mean, there's so many new things to learn. Everything that you see is stimulus for you to just go out and discover new things. Yeah. It really gets your brain going for sure. Did you, did you feel like you changed during that trip? Did it like, and if you did, like, well, how did you change? Oh, that's a good question. Cause it I, was, a uh -huh. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I was drinking water. <laughs> Fine. No, uh, I was just gonna. I was gonna give you some more time to think. But if you're, if you're good, I was gonna share an example that I, I felt like I was. Um, I learned how to party better. That's one thing. Um, <laughs> and, and it was wild. It was wild, and we should, uh, we should talk about that at some point. But uh, absolutely. Uh, and. Um, it was kind of like the beginnings of me understanding that language you can get, uh, I could get around with not, not knowing most of the language. I, I knew like a few words and I, I think I got around pretty, pretty good. But I mean, I did have you who you were translating sometimes. <laughs> right, I do know a little bit of Mandarin Chinese. I am not fluent in it. Unfortunately, I can't read very well. 
but speaking to people, I think I was definitely very helpful, which is great, but I think you're right. There's a lot more to communication than just the words. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times having a smile on your face and hoping that the other person will be patient with you. And generally they are, is really all you need to get around and do what you need to do. So for anyone who is worried about going to a new country, keep that in mind. You should obviously prepare a little bit. Uh, we did have a bit of preparation going into China for the Maymester, but it's a very different language. So unsurprisingly, it's hard to pick up a lot in a short amount of time, as with most languages. Yeah. But uh, how did you uh, find that you changed or oh, how you came back a different person? If you did, I'm, just, I'm making an assumption here. <laughs> it's a good assumption to have. Most people do discover a lot while they travel to a new place. I'm having a bit of trouble explaining exactly how I change, especially because it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. I definitely felt like I was more Asian after going. Mm. I can say that for a long time, especially when growing up, being Asian wasn't necessarily a positive for me. I, my parents were both college educated when they were in China and they moved to the U.S. when I was pretty young and they were more recently out of college. They wanted more opportunities. So the U.S. made a lot of sense for them. And because they were both college educated and very high achieving people, they also put those pressures upon myself as upon me as an immigrant child. There were a lot of times where I didn't like being Asian when I was growing up because one, it was different, stood out a little bit. Two, my family life at home was pretty strict. I didn't have a lot of freedom to do the things I wanted to do, focused a lot on academics. I went to cram schools and Chinese school and all that stuff on the weekends. I was like, why can't I ever have any fun? <laughs> <laughs> and because of that, there was also not so much Chinese culture in my life because it was just within my family. There weren't a ton of other Asian people that we were going out and doing and celebrating our culture with. We would sometimes mm. go to Chinese restaurants and whatnot, but just the food is not enough. Mm. You know, you mm. still need some background or further detail upon for, or further detail on who you really are and what else makes up my Chinese identity. So that's definitely one thing that I learned and I'm very grateful for. That trip showed me so much more about where my family is from than I knew. Mm. Obviously not speaking badly of my parents at all. They were mm. under very different circumstances. They were also far away from their family and friends for a very long time. So their focus was on success and making sure that we were doing well instead of showing me how vibrant Chinese culture could be. The trip we went on, you know, we visited tons of monuments, tons of museums. We're just mm -hmm. eating street food, interacting uh, with people everywhere. Uh, yes. <laughs> Visiting new cities. We went to. Where did Sian. we go? Was it Sian? Okay. I was trying yeah. to, wonder, I was wondering where we went. Yeah. We went to Sian. Uh, obviously all around Beijing. Mm -hmm. We even went on a hike up the Great Wall. That was wild, Oh, bro. dude, that was the <laughs> best. I still yeah. remember that. That that was crazy. That... Remember Val, Val falling off of the wall? <laughs> no, I didn't hell. see her fall off the wall. What? <laughs> yeah, we were hiking down one part of the wall that hadn't been rebuilt. So there are sections of the wall that are renovated and there are sections that have not been yet. Oh, yeah. Um, we were, you know, hiking up one of the sections that was kind of broken down, but mm. still good to walk. And she, I don't know what she was doing. She like fell off the side of it, which was Jesus really funny. Christ. But she didn't fall She's off from a high place. <laughs> no, no, she was she was fine. Yeah. She didn't really hurt herself, which makes the story even better. If she had hurt herself, then I wouldn't be so happy talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause you seemed really happy. I was like, Jesus, thank you. <laughs> No, yeah, no she was okay. 
Ah, uh, you know, you remember that that uh that one night where or we spent that night in that village, you know, at the bottom of the mm-hmm. uh, the tallest peak of the the Great Wall. I yeah. remember distinctly that night just looking up because you can kind of you could see it was the, the the little mountain, and then you could see the the shadow of the Great Wall, the silhouette, yeah. and then the 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 moon, and it was straight out of a movie, and I remember like taking a moment to just take it all in and then just wondering, asking myself, whoa, I wonder where I'm going to be in a year. And, uh, but that whole time we were in that village was just awesome. Unforgettable movie style, especially because of the people we were with. Oh, absolutely. It's funny. You bring that up. I distinctly remember. I had no idea what, where we were going with that trip. They yeah. told us like, hey, we're going to go to climb the Great Wall and then we're going to spend the night at some hotel place for the night. I was like, where the hell are they taking us? And it ended up being such a great trip. I mean, they cooked authentic food for us. We were basically living in their, in this family's like traditional home almost. Yeah. And I mean, it was great just being out in the wilderness almost wasn't exactly wilderness but you know living like a more living a more traditional lifestyle for a night as opposed to living in the city i mean china has changed a ton in the past few decades i remember that distinctly actually from when we visited is i had been there maybe a few years ago not for as long but there were so much there was so much construction going on. And then this time I went back and a lot of the construction was done. Things were changing very rapidly. So it's a very interesting place to visit every few years because you'll be astounded by what happens. Mm. Have you gone back since 2017? Not since. Yeah. So 2017, we went, stayed for a month doing the Maymester. And then my Mm -hmm. family actually came to China that same summer. And I stayed with them for another uh, 20 days to a month where we traveled around to visit some of my mom and dad's friends. And my little brother was there as well. So overall, it was a really great trip. It extended a trip for me. And I saw a lot more stuff that I wouldn't have otherwise. Damn, dude. And and have you done any traveling uh, outside of that, like to other countries? Where yeah, you- I... I actually went to, let's see, I applied for going on a study abroad made me more interested in doing more study abroads. The first time I had really traveled, aside from going to China once or twice, was I did a Europe trip right after I graduated high school. And I was there for about two months. That was really fun. I was like, oh my God, I learned so much. I saw so many things. This experience makes life so interesting as opposed to staying in one city, in one place and kind of losing the interest in life, which Mm -hmm. I think can happen to a lot of people, especially when you're in quarantine, not going anywhere. Mm. After the China Maymester, the next summer, I didn't do anything, but I had applied for a program called Presence Award for Global Learning, mm-hmm. where they were giving students grants for submitting a lengthy proposal about a project that you want to do in a country abroad. And the country that my team and I selected was Cambodia. We ended up doing really well on the grant proposal. They gave us the grant, and on summer of twenty. 19 yeah we went to cambodia for 50 days what yeah and while we were there the grant proposal that we had submitted was to create a sustainable waste management system for organic waste and basically we learned about these different ways that you can process organic waste and turn them turn it into something valuable because waste obviously in itself is not valuable. It's the thing that you drag out to the street, toss into mm-hmm. a pile, especially if you're in Cambodia, they don't have good waste management. Um, and people see it as negative value. You know, it's like in the way it smells, it's a problem. We wanted to find a way to turn it into something that could produce 
wealth or at least a resource that people could use. So we happened upon black soldier flies. It's a insect that eats most organic waste and kind of just toss a bunch of them into some organic waste and they'll eat it, process it, turn it into wow. biomass that you can then turn into animal feed. So that's a project that we worked on while we were there for 50 days. And that was also a really phenomenal experience. I mean, Cambodia is a developing nation. There are a lot of, there, there's a lot of work and progress that needs to be made in that country, but it's a enchanting place to be. You know, there are a lot mm -hmm. of things that you will be very grateful for after visiting a place like that. And a lot of very vibrant experiences you can have in a, in a developing nation. I don't know if that sounds right. I don't know if I'm properly conveying the feelings of it. I was very happy to be there. It felt liberating as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's just very different from the lifestyle living in the U S some ways positive, some ways negative. I think overall I had a good time, but you know, that's yeah. also as a visitor going to a different country. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I kind of get what you're going, getting at. Cause it's like, you kind of, it, it dawns on you how much uh, opportunity and how good you have it over here in the United States, you know, right. but um, I think the beauty in going to a country like that is seeing how uh, is the people and their, uh, the joy in life that they yes. find, you know, in, in different ways, you get to see like how you might not have the same things, but there might be the same joy or even more joy. And that to me has been a common um, thing that I've seen through all the countries that I've gone, which is why I'm keep saying that I think it's all about the people. You know, I think it's, right. it's the people that really matters and the people you're with when you go somewhere. How did you, how, how did you apply to that, to go, where did you find the application? I, I didn't even know that was a thing. How did you find yeah, out it, about that? It was a new program that they were doing. I think I found it from a friend who knew I really wanted to do inter interdisciplinary work. Mm -hmm. Basically, I went into college biochemistry, pre-medicine, in an honors program specifically for that. Mm -hmm. And about sophomore year, after the trip to China and going on my own self-discovery journey or something along those lines, I decided I didn't want to be a doctor, but I still really enjoyed learning and working on interesting problems. So mm -hmm. my friend who knew saw that they were starting this program. It was interdisciplinary. They were inviting people from all different colleges to apply and build new ideas. They were bringing together as many people who thought differently as they could. And we found a professor who had done work in Cambodia and really wanted to go back. It ended up becoming a really good team. Everyone was very interested in the topic that we were doing. Everyone was contributing a lot of work and effort and thought into how we were going to do it. Tons of planning went into it. And then you know, we were all stressing out when we had to submit the proposal and when we had to do the pitch, but, you know, it worked out and really happy about that. <laughs> you just oh. find opportunities. They, sometimes they come to you. It's, it reminds me of the law of attraction that the more you share your own thoughts and ideas, the more likely they are to come back to you through people and connections and experiences. Hopefully positively, but sometimes it can be negative, but <laughs> yeah. And and um dude, it's interesting. I've never won one of those competitions, and for some reason I've always been scared to even enter those competitions because I, I always thought I was just gonna lose. How did you have the confidence to to do it? Or uh, that's probably not the right question to ask, but I, did... I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, for I know exactly what you're talking about because I was never one to submit to contests either. Yeah. What I realized from doing it and you asking this question is that it's never about the other people. It's always about how much work you're putting into the thing that you're doing. Mm. If I were concerned about how other people were applying and what ideas they had that they were submitting to this program, 
I never would have made enough progress on the ideas that we were working on to justify them giving us a grant. It's through commitment, focus, passion to whatever it is you're doing that is going to build the quality or create the quality and foundation you need for other people to judge it positively. Because I've been in a similar situation. I, when I was applying to colleges, a lot of times I opted out. A lot of times I didn't apply to extremely good colleges because I, I just knew that I didn't compare to other people. But you thought, but when you right? find something, yeah, exactly. And to be honest, I didn't have enough experience in high school to make it anyway. I know that now, but for things that you do have a lot of control over, the sooner you realize you have control over it, the better, because then you can put more time and effort into making sure that you are really achieving what you want to achieve. So I really wanted to do this project. I thought it was really cool. I love the opportunity to go to a different country. I love that it was funded by UT. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah. Welcome>. <laughs> <laughs> and because of all those things, I just zeroed in, I focused in tunnel vision on working on the idea. Wow. And then what other people did didn't matter as much because you know how are, their, their idea can't be compared to mine. They're all different. But if I can build this thing up strong enough and convincing enough, then it doesn't matter what they do. Mm. I see. I see. I think the, uh, the, I mean, I think it's, you were so excited by this idea that I get, I get it because I've had those moments when I'm so excited about an idea that I'm not worrying about anything else. Yeah, um, that absolutely. seems to be the time to like jump into something, right. Or just find an idea that excites you that much and then do the contest. Yeah. And the challenge there is main, maintaining it. I think a lot of the challenges in maintaining it because it's easy for you to get caught up in novelty. And this is where having other people working with you can be extremely valuable. If you are feeding off of each other's energy, that is the best case scenario. Not everyone has the willpower to push through themselves. I think I probably would struggle with that as well. I do like to work with people on ideas and really help each other to push through. Mm -hmm. So definitely find other people who think similarly. And there were four students on the team and two faculty members. Everyone was really interested in it and putting the time and effort in seeing other people work on working on the thing that you care about will also drive you to care about it more and put more time into it. So hopefully that helps. I think it does. I think it does. And uh, I was going to write something down because I don't want to forget to ask you how you transitioned from being pre-med to um, your, the, the new track that you took on. But before <laughs> that, um, I want to ask uh, a question on finding the right people. How do you find the right people? How did you find the right people? And I think this has become something very important in my life. And just to give an example, like recently, um, sometimes it requires to, there's just people who are going to be on different paths. And sometimes the best thing is to just not hang out with them as much because it's like you're so you can open up more time for people who are more similar minded, but how do you find the right people? This is a very difficult question. Well, I take that back. It's not difficult, but it's hard to execute on. I think of it as a numbers game. Generally, mm -hmm. you need to go out and meet a lot of people in order to find the right people. And even then, the people that you think might be right could still be the wrong people to work with. It's such a crapshoot. I don't know how best to describe it. I don't know any other way to describe it. That makes people sense. really vary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say whether or not someone's going to buy in to an idea that you have, or if they're going to commit to something that you're both interested in. It's hard to know work ethic. It's hard to know yeah. their grit, their willingness to mm. just be heads down on whatever work it is and push through as hard as they can. 
I truthfully have problems finding the right people to work with a lot of time because you never know. And you won't, you won't know until you understand them really well by working with them. Mm. Right. So you just need to start something, see what happens. Obviously meet as many people as you can in order to suss out who might be a fit and who's not. And then if you decide that they are not a fit because of any of those factors that maybe are not up to par or you think might be an issue if you continued working with them, mm -hmm. don't you don't want to waste your time. I'm sure that they don't want to waste their time either. At that point, simply best to just not work with them. Do you, and do you tell them straight up, like, I think this isn't working out? It's kind of like a breakup type of deal? Or no, you just... Uh... Oh yeah. How do you do it? Yeah. I think that's probably the best way to do it. If you've been working with them for a while, yeah, then the breakup method is the breakup it's needed. Method. Yeah. <laughs> you respect them enough at that point, hopefully, or close enough to give it to them truthfully. Mm. Right. Yeah. It's not like you can ghost them. Someone yeah, that you've been no, working with not, for a while. You don't want to ghost them. That's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Right, that's, right. That doesn't help anyone. I was going to ask when you, when you want to meet new people, what are like some of your methods or what do you, what do you turn to when you want to meet new people? As in like, are there any specific events that you begin to attend or any places you go to online, offline? Boy, oh boy. That is a long difficult time. question to answer with COVID. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk about a non, non COVID world. Let's say we all had the vaccines and stuff before COVID pre COVID. Yeah. Well, pre COVID was in college. There were lots of events and interest groups going on in college. I had hobbies. I mean, I would work out regularly mm -hmm. and try to go outside as often as I could. You just meet people through that. I think a lot of it's just simply putting yourself out there. Showing up is half the work. Yeah. If you know that you want or need to meet people, then put yourself in a situation where you have to go outside find opportunities, just mm. talk to someone. It's not hard. The advice is pretty simple and straightforward. I think the challenge is actually executing on it, putting time aside in your day to be like, Hey, I'm going to go do that because it's very easy to get caught in your routine and routines are great if you're trying to get something done. But if something in your routine is not working, you mm. really need to stop that. You need to break out of that part of the routine, at least, you know, mm -hmm. your morning routine of getting up might be great, but if your routine afterwards of only working and not seeing anyone and not putting yourself in a new situation is not working, then by all means, stop it. <laughs> gotcha. 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 And so I wanted to go back to that other question I was going to ask, how did you, what, how did you change from pre-med to whatever you ended up doing? You were pre-med, right? Yeah, I was pre-med biochemistry. For me, the reason I wanted to not do medicine anymore was after coming to college, I discovered there were so many more interesting topics that I wanted to learn about and I wanted to study. I realized life was much more vibrant than I had first thought because mm. before I had simply been studying and making sure I did well in school, I didn't have much in terms of extracurriculars. I did sports in high school, but you know, I didn't, and I played video games in high school, but those didn't really strike me as great ways to use my time mm -hmm. or to live a better life. So I decided that I wanted more control over my life. I realized that I did have more control over my life than I thought. And the topic that became really interesting to me was entrepreneurship. And I was very lucky that UT had a strong entrepreneurship scene. I had no idea before I came, but once I discovered, Hey, and this was partially started by the fact that on the May semester, we were talking about social entrepreneurship. Mm. Cla the class that Dr. Moore was teaching was about social entrepreneurship in China that planted a seed for me to go and find these other opportunities for entrepreneurship, start learning more about it, learn about business and how powerful ideas could be when executed on properly. 
I ended up taking a few more entrepreneurship classes, TAing for Longhorn Startup Lab. Mm. Met tons of people there who were working on cool ideas, who were taking life into their own hands. And I thought that was so exciting. And since then, I've been trying to do the same with my life. I mean, I work at a startup now. So one of the mentors that I met through Longhorn Startup Lab ended up becoming ended up looking for an intern and I applied. He liked me, ended up getting the job and I've been working with them since. Outside of my day job, I also have started working on my own brand Mm -hmm. based on this idea of healthy milk tea, which is Boba Fit as you were talking about before. So it's been a lot of learning new things. I value experience much more than book smarts now. Mm-hmm. Or at least I think I do. You know, you have to, you need both, but experience will teach you a ton that you just wouldn't be able to do otherwise. I don't think college was a lot more book smarts than experience for me. So, mm. yeah. Dude, that's, uh, well, that's, that's just awesome. And, and like, I want to talk a little bit about your company. Um, when did you start it and what made you uh, take that step? Because that the first step of just starting it, doing it, you know, that's the hardest one. That's one of the hardest, yeah. like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> going back to something I said earlier about law of attraction. I didn't come up with the idea for the company, actually. One of my mm-hmm. friends did. And he came to me because he knew I was interested in entrepreneurship. He thought that I was competent enough. And he thought that he would like working with me based on what he knew. So he came to me saying, Hey, I have this idea. I want to make a protein milk tea powder. I was like, okay, that sounds pretty cool. Let's talk about it. So ended up having a few conversations. We realized that there were no healthy milk tea alternatives, no healthy boba alternatives. So there seemed like a lot of opportunity here we knew that a lot of people really like boba and that a lot of people are also concerned with how unhealthy it was. Mm-hmm. So I used my biochemistry degree. I don't know. I don't really <laughs> see it that way, but I started buying ingredients and mixing them up in my kitchen, testing it, seeing how it tasted, whether or not it was actually good. Went through a few iterations and ended up with the product that we have today. It's probably gone through seven iterations for each of the two flavors. So I've done at least 14 different versions, probably more just playing around with the formula and man, it's, it's been a really cool ride. It's very nice having the reason I could do it is that I had free time outside of my work. I mean, my work is nine to five. I generally don't have to take work with me home after it's done. I mean, I work from home actually, so it's, I'm always home, but I didn't bleed into my personal time. So I could work on these things without worrying about it. That made life a lot easier. I don't think, I don't know if I could have done the same thing in college. I was just at a different point in time then, but yeah, we've been working on it since June of 2020 and got our first shipment of products last week. Dude, oh my that's... God. It feels, it feels like it was ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it feel like it was ages ago? Cause of I, everything that's happened. It's been going on ever yeah. since then. Yeah. I mean, there've, there's been a lot of movement. There's been a lot of things going on, a lot of things that need to be done. I lose track of the days a little bit now. <laughs> um, and I was also going through a bit of a mental and physical rut last weekend. So I'm just glad that's over. You know, everyone has their bad days. Sometimes I figured out what was going on and started taking steps to improve it. So I'm doing much better now, which I'm very grateful for, but time can pass really slowly or really quickly sometimes just based on your mindset. (laughs) And it feels like forever ago. Wow. How do you, uh, do you have anything that you do to get yourself out of those mental ruts? Cause those happen as well to me and I'm sure to a lot of people. Yeah, I th- I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about routine. I realized my routine just wasn't working for me. I hadn't been home or seen friends in months, 
I hadn't been home since end of September and I became a bit of a shut-in starting from March. Not really sure why. I think I felt I was too busy and I didn't have time to go see friends. And once I realized that I wasn't getting, getting enough human interaction, first thing I did was, Hey, I really need to start making plans with people. And it's not like people didn't want to go and do things. I knew that they did. I knew that they valued our friendship and probably would want to see me if I asked. So I made sure to ask, started calling friends more and making sure I had that interaction and, you know, just changing up routine, go outside for a walk instead of staying inside all day learn something new, talk to someone you haven't talked to in a while, all that stuff adds up. And then when you do start making those connections and interactions again, you definitely feel less alone, which is mainly what I needed. Now that I'm better, I can work on other things that I was hitting a bit of a mental block with before because I feel a little bit more recharged and I'm no longer in that bad routine. Yeah, the the people part, like talking to friends that are excite you and stuff, are it's a big one for me as well. Like uh, if I'm feeling bad, I have a like three friends that I can call where I'm like, I just know if I talk to them, I'm, I'm going to feel better after a conversation. Yeah, uh, I want this is kind of out of nowhere, but I did want to ask you about it because I the podcast I list your podcast you in you uh, interview people who have uh, large followings, right, or who have a social media presence. Um, and you had an episode of between that you were explaining the difference between content creation, being a content creator and a social media influencer. Um, and I wanted to ask you, what's the benefit of being a content creator over a social media influencer? What's the, what's the difference? Yeah. So the episode that you listened to was a solo one that I did because I couldn't find someone to interview for that week, which was a bit of a struggle, but tried to do my best. I, I ended up writing the script for that based on an article that we wrote on the trend website. Trend is the company that I work for Mm. in my mind. And from my experience working with influencers and content creators, influencers are valuable because of their followings. That Mm. seems kind of redundant, but they don't necessarily need to do much else. A lot of, the pretty girls that you'd see on Instagram are people I would consider influencers. They don't really create much in terms of value for other people. People follow them for very surface level reasons of, Hey, I like how they look or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Because of that. And because of how little connection they usually have with their community. I don't see them as very valuable. There was a time when they were extremely valuable in marketing, but I think authenticity of audiences and genuine connection is something people desire more now. So Mm. I like to work with content creators and content creators in my mind are people who are more value focused. What's important about them is that yes, you could consider them influencers as well because they have generally large followings, but the way that they get those followings is by producing images or video or other forms of media on various social channels that people connect with or enjoy for a deeper reason than they like how this person looks. Usually they are giving tips or teaching you about something or showing you something that you would not have otherwise been able to learn. Like if they teach you how to style or if they teach you how to dress a certain way, you know, there's something you can learn from there that you can directly apply to your own life. Mm. They also generally care about their communities more. You see them kind of talking directly to the camera or to their audience. You know, they might give them a name <laughs> or call them a certain thing. It just seems much more genuine and it's a much closer connection. I think those kinds of people are becoming very important, especially mm-hmm. as people are, especially as others on social media are looking for connection. Mm-hmm. 
That's that a, I like help? that. I, we should, we need. I think we need to have a longer conversation about that one on one because that's <laughs> one of my big interests. That's that's uh, super interesting to me right now. Yeah, content creation is pretty difficult too. There are a lot of. I was actually thinking about becoming a content creator uh-huh. for my brand for mm-hmm. Boba Fit, and I realized it's a huge time commitment. There are a lot of things that they do to make content as good as it is. There's a lot of interaction with community. There's a lot of learning from other people, but it really does pay off for those people that do it well. Yeah. I'm always happy to talk about that sort of stuff too. Cool. Cool. All right, dude, we're almost out of time here. So I wanted to get some quicker questions, some rapid fire questions. If you will, right, Tim Ferriss. Let's see how I do. <laughs> if you are, you're going to go for a trip more than a month. Uh, what's the most important thing you're going to put in your backpack? What's the most useful, important thing you put in your backpack? Oh boy. I don't, I feel like these are supposed to be quick questions and I have, no I don't know. I'm, I'm not also trying these out. <laughs> that might have just been a terrible question. Thank you. So I, <laughs> we, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. I'm not someone who uses much in terms of gadgets. I would just make sure that you have enough money to buy a SIM card in the country that you're in. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Try to try to have a burner phone or something like that, that you can quickly slot a SIM card into a so you can contact phone. other people. So you can put a, a guy's name, a guy in China. When you go in China, you're probably going to meet a guy whose name is ghost. And that, that guy is going to connect <laughs> you to all the, all the clubs and he's going to get you in for free and all your 60 was, other friends for free. That was wild. <laughs> I can't believe we did that. <laughs> yeah. We met a guy named ghost and it was awesome. Um, we, it was you Caesar. <laughs> you talked to this guy that was on campus at BFSU and got his number got us all hooked up Dude. we went to i remember that next first thing i know we Ling used shirtless at a club <laughs> next thing i know Ling used, i'm like what's going on <laughs> dude that's what i'm talking about is it, it's just different it, it's a different experience going to a different country because you don't give a damn about what people care Oh, yeah, what because people you're, think. you're allowed to be who you you're allowed to reinvent yourself because nobody knows who you are yeah. So it's like sometimes oh. it can go really far, <laughs> maybe too far. Some might say, um, I think people definitely lost some brain cells or they, they did things that <laughs> would have been totally unacceptable if they were in the U S and they were like, ah, maybe it's fine if I'm here in China. Yeah. Uh, some people got a little crazy with it. People yeah. get a little crazy with it. But in general, I think people were just having a lot more fun because it's oh, someplace yeah. new. They, they can, liberate themselves mm-hmm. right they can and reinvent themselves as you're, as you're saying and everybody's in their early 20s so you know formula yeah. formula, right. <laughs> formula for fun um, yeah another question what is an app on your phone that gives you the most joy right now oh man i don't know i actually i try to stay off my phone as much as possible it's really cool. hard cool. um the dopamine yeah. rush from social media and yeah. from talking to friends has just been too much almost. It distracts mm-hmm. me from work I need to do. <laughs> no, yeah. So I think the best thing is probably just Spotify. I <sighs> like listening to EDM and it usually puts me in a good mood. So if I'm just chilling and don't feel like doing anything, play some EDM, lay down on the floor, fucking phenomenal. It's a really basic answer, but I like I've been it. actually meaning to use my phone less. So <laughs> cool. Do you uh do you gift any books? Is there any books that you gift often? Or that if somebody if you if you were to give someone a book, would you is there a book that you would give them? Uh for people that were struggling like myself to decide on what they wanted to do, I would probably gift them The Alchemist mm. by Paulo Coelho. Yeah. I don't know if I pronounced his name right. Yeah. Yeah. Great book. Um, one of my, my boss actually gave me a copy and I read it and I was like, man, this makes me feel good about life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, a lot of my friends love that book as well. Last mm-hmm. question. Bit of a cliche, but. It's all good. Um, cliches aren't bad. I don't think it's cliche either. If you could give your 18 year old self a piece of advice what would you tell yourself? Like maybe about to graduate high school. What would you tell yourself? 
two more. <laughs> In what sense? I would tell myself to be more active and make more plans. <clears throat> One thing I realized is, especially during college, I was a fairly passive person. A lot of times you can sort of wait for other people to make plans before doing anything yourself. Mm. The advice I give would have been to take more agency in my own life. There's so many things to do and so many different options and opportunities, but you have to be the one to chase them out for your life to be the way that you want it to be. I didn't start making those decisions or doing the most for a long time. Still don't, to be totally honest, but you can. And if that's the kind of life that you want, which is the kind of life I want for myself, then you absolutely should do more. Mm, now, staying at home is not the way to go to live the life that you want. I mean, it might work for some people, but there's so much to do out there and so many opportunities. There's I so much would to hate so it much if to I see. Yeah. Exactly. Right. True. Uh, dude, thank you so much for coming on. People can find your stuff at boba.fit. That's the <laughs> website. Uh, any other socials you want to throw out there if people want to yeah. find you? Sure. My. Instagram is at Ling Yukong. That's at L-I-N-G-Y-U-K-O-N-G. We also have an Instagram for Boba Fit. You can find that at, at bobafit.co. That's B-O-B-A-F-I-T dot C-O. Joe. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Caesar. It's Dude. been phenomenal talking to you. Oh, thank you, bro. Thank you. <laughs> hey there. If you enjoyed this episode, well, green light. New episodes of The Dose of Caesar come out every week, so make sure to follow and subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts. If you feel that more people should listen to this podcast and share this episode with your tribe. If you want to connect with me or if you just want some extra doses of Cesar, of Caesar, of Cesarin Bingui, then you can sign up for my free weekly email newsletter called The Caesar Encyclopedia, where I share what I learn every week. Or... You can reach out to me on Instagram at the dose of Caesar. We'll see you next time.